Hey, what's up, everyone? You are on the Eden Podcast, and we are so glad that you're here. I hope that the next 30 minutes will help you to become the person that God always dreamed you could be. Let's get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Eden family, it's so good to be here with you today. My name is Daniel. I'm part of the team here at Eden Church, and we're all about helping people take a next step with Jesus. Now, this is our last Sunday in our current series called Holy. It has been a really helpful conversation for me, and I hope that it's been helpful for you, because really, over the last several weeks, we've been talking about the path to inner peace. And this seems like it is always a relevant conversation because most of us are in a constant battle trying to experience peace at some level in our life, whether it's at work or home or in our relationships or even the stuff that goes on in our head can keep us up late at night worried about things. And no doubt it's been extra challenging over the last several months, but the truth is is that it's always been challenging. Sometimes we're fighting for external peace in our life thinking that it's going to solve all of our problems. And we found out that once we get everything on the outside the way that we want it, peace on the outside doesn't necessarily equate to peace in our hearts. And so over the last several weeks, we've been talking about the path to inner peace. Because imagine if there was like one thing that could be different about your life in this next year. Wouldn't it be such a wonderful thing if our hearts were full of peace? If we invested in the one area that we have control over, so that when like the inevitable chaos happens around us, we have already built our lives on a hope that can't be shaken. We learned over the course of this conversation that holiness is what happens to us when we get close to God. And when we're close to God, we experience the type of peace that only comes from God. So the question then for us is, how do we get close to God? Well, we talked about first beginning with new life. Right, It's that process of deconstructing the things in our life that don't work, getting rid of them, and then reconstructing a new life with God. And then we also talked about kind of an interesting part of our growth in life, but how suffering is even part of how we get closer to God. That God will use the wounding and the hurt in our life to remove our ego, but in the process make more room for Him in our heart. The path of peace, we also learned, is a long obedience in the same direction. It's about abiding in Jesus for a sustained period of time. It's about sticking with God even when it is hard. And in that process, in the process of being faithful to God, when things are tough, we experience a peace that we couldn't understand otherwise. And then last week, Brian Woe brought an amazing message on leveraging the quiet in our life as a way of getting closer to God. And then today, we're going to be talking about how the right community is part of the path to inner peace. Have you ever had that weird experience where you could recognize how other people's lives and decisions begin to influence you? Have you ever been in like a classroom setting and you thought everyone was answering the question wrong? And you had the right answer, but you didn't speak up because you assumed that if everyone else thought the same thing, then you were the one that was probably wrong. It's crazy how the collective force of other people's decision impacts the type of decisions that we make for ourselves. They call this groupthink, and it's a really powerful influence. It's something that impacts us every day and in nearly every part of our lives. It did when you were a kid. It probably did when you were in college or does when you're in college, and it probably did when you got your first job. And it could work for the better or for the worse. 
Some of you are probably familiar with the amazing new show, Cobra Kai. And uh, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but if you kind of know the timeline, as soon as Robbie, one of the main characters, was around better influences in his life, he started making better decisions. Today, we're going to talk about how the right community is, the, is part of the path to inner peace. And so we're going to be all around in the Bible today, but we're going to be starting in the Hebrew Bible, also known as the Old Testament, which is the first part of the Bible that talks about how God used the Hebrew people to spread his message of hope around the world. In the Old Testament, there are different types of literature, different types of writing styles. And one of the genres is what we call wisdom literature. These are like wise sayings that have been passed down from generation to generation in a given culture. And for the Hebrew people, they were recorded in the book of Proverbs. And the power of the book of Proverbs is that they capture the patterns of human behavior from God's perspective. And this book covers a wide variety of topics about human nature, but it says a lot about the power of community in your life. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, which is where we'll start today, says the righteous choose their friends carefully. People who are filled with goodness and godliness are intentional about their community. Now, I don't think that it was saying that they were rigid or they had any sort of like superficial standards of the type of people that they would hang out with. But all it was saying is that for the righteous person, the goal of friendship is holiness and nearness to God, and they were intentional about who they were in community with. Because what they knew is that who you have influencing your life actually makes a huge difference in the direction of your life. You've probably heard it said that you can't help but become like the people who influence you. Or you've probably heard someone say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. One of my favorite quotes is from a guy named Jim Rome. He was the great leadership and motivational speaker. He said, you are the average of the five people that you spend most of your time with. I want you to take a moment and think about who that is in your life. Does that make you feel nervous or confident about your future? I would say that even probably includes the people that you're following on YouTube or on Instagram or on social media. The point is that it matters who is influencing you. Know that I'm not talking about every relationship you have, right? You should have different types of people in your life, people who think differently than you, people who are in different seasons of life or in different situations or who have different strengths and weaknesses. It is so healthy to be in relationship with all kinds of different people, but we should be very intentional about the people that we are in community with because your community are the people in your life that you allow to influence the way you think, speak, and behave. And this is the beautiful part of community, is that you get to choose who those people are. Your family, you don't get to choose them. Can I get an amen from someone in the comments section right now? Right? Your work, the people you work with, you don't always get to choose them. The neighbors you have, you don't get to choose them. But you do get to choose your community which is why scripture says, choose your friends carefully. You don't want influences in your life that are toxic because at some point you might become toxic. 
You really don't want influences in your life of people that are really gossipful because at some point there may be anxiety of you from, that you have wondering if they're now talking about you. It's hard to be in relationship with people that are unreliable because you'll probably not have a lot of confidence in people that you depend on. And it's really hard to be in relationship with people who have drama because it seems like there's always conflict somewhere. 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, verse 33 says that bad company corrupts good morals. Giving the wrong people influence in your life can mess up the path to peace that you're on. The holiness journey that you've been on. And some people, if we allow them, can actually keep us from getting closer to God. And so the reason righteous people choose their friends carefully is because they know that the right community can help them on the path to peace. They know that the right community makes you better. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Iron is actually one of those unique metals that has the ability to sharpen itself with the same material. And back in the day, their refining process was a lot different and a lot less systematic. And the different types of metal had various amounts of impurities. And so it was of varying levels of strength. But because it was like this moderately soft metal, when the pieces came together to be sharpened, both pieces of metal actually changed. The sharpening metal and the piece of metal being sharpened both got sharpened at the same time. And the point is, is that our friendships, the people that we're in community with, can actually sharpen our faith. They can actually make us better and wiser and godlier and, and, and better parents and, and have better marriages, right? The goal of a friendship is to be mutually beneficial. In wrestling, which I did a lot of in high school and college, you have a drilling partner. And your drilling partner was always meant to make you better. If you had a lazy, unreliable partner that would show up late and didn't want to work hard, that always was reflected in the progress that you were making in your own journey of become, improving in the sport. And the point is, is that you would get better by helping them get better. And that's what the Proverbs is saying is, iron sharpens iron so one friend can sharpen another. Not too long ago, we had the opportunity to connect with some friends after about 10 years and when we reconnected with this group, it really reminded me of the power of having the right community around you. These were the same group of people that we hung around a lot in the early days of our marriage when we were still trying to figure out how to be married. And being around them reminded me of how they made us better. They helped us to have a better marriage, not because they were trying to teach us anything, but just because they were godly people themselves. The sharpening that this passage is referring to is the sharpening of faith, the process of getting closer to God. And you want people in your life who want to help you get better in your relationship with God, who want to help you sharpen your faith. Secondly, the right community leaves you encouraged. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. It says, and not, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his returning, his return is drawing near. This passage tells us two really important things. First, it tells us to stay connected with each other, to not neglect the gathering. Why? 
Because isolation is where your faith goes to die. Solitude is good. It's a break from the connection to others so that we can focus our connection with God. But isolation is this continuous disconnect from a community oftentimes based in fear. In fact, one of the silent epidemics happening in our world right now is the mental health crisis resulting from unique levels of sustained isolation. It is literally killing people. And this reminds us how important it is to be in community because we were created for community. But then this passage tells us what the community of God should be like. It says to encourage one another. It is not to be part of a community that leaves you discouraged or feeling beat up after it or shamed or guilty, but to be a part of a community that leaves you encouraged. I'm sure that probably all of us have people in our life that no matter the situation, whenever you're with them, there's just like this certain degree of negativity in the air. They talk down to you. They make you feel bad about yourself. They make you question the things that you were once confident about. But I love that this passage actually casts vision for what the community of God should look like. That it is a community of encouragement for other people. And then number three, the right community makes you wise. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. If you hang around wise people, this passage is telling us that through some kind of interrelational osmosis, we become wise. But the question maybe is, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to apply God's truth to your life. It's not just knowing God's truth, but knowing how to apply it to your everyday life. And I think that maybe you have realized this over time is that it's easier to understand God's plan than it is to apply God's plan. And that's why wisdom is caught better than it's taught. And what this passage is saying is that you can gain wisdom by seeing it applied in everyday life. Like you can become a wise person without ever being taught wise principles if you are influenced by wise people. Because what you do is you actually pick up on their wise behavior. There's such a benefit to being around people who have applied God's word to their life over a sustained period of time. Because you get to see firsthand how these promises from God have positively impacted people in their life. This proverb is a reminder to us that who you hang out with, you will oftentimes become. Wise people will always encourage you to do the thing that helps you draw closer to God. And sometimes these are not things that make you feel good. They're not always the thing that leaves you in like a comfortable state, but they're actually the things that you need to grow in your faith. And I think that the challenge is, for some of us, is that we don't have a lot of wise influences in our life. We don't have people in our life who will tell us what we need to hear, even if it's not what we want to hear. Some of you have people giving you marriage advice that have actually never been in a healthy marriage. It's like going to an out-of-shape trainer, right? None of us would ever do that. Wise people will help you on the path to peace. As I think about my own life, 
And some of the biggest mistakes that I made were oftentimes a reflection of the people that I was in community with. I remember the first time I started doing drugs, first time I stole or robbed, started lying and cheating. It was all a reflection of the community that I was a part of and contributed to. And then I look back and I think about, by God's grace, some of the good decisions that I made in life. And those two were a reflection of the people that I was in community with when I learned how to serve and to help others and started caring for the needy and started practicing the principle of forgiveness. It was a reflection of the patterns that I was seeing being modeled in my everyday life by wise people. The proverb says, choose carefully. But how? Like how do we even start building a community like that? Well, I really believe that the church is a great place to start because God cares so much about community, and so do we. We believe so much in the power of the right community here at Eden that we have created environments for people to connect with other people who are on the journey because we all realize how hard it is to grow in your faith consistently with out having other people helping us to take those next steps. Because maybe you've realized this, but have never put the language to it, but this is a harsh truth, is that none of us are strong enough alone. Life is hard. And I hope that sooner than later, we get to this point in our lives where we can finally admit that we need each other and that we can maybe get over this egotistical idea that we can do anything alone if we just put our minds to it. I think it's a lie. The second thing is, I don't think we're smart enough. Like, we can't see all the angles of every situation. And we need others' perspective and others' story and experience to give us wisdom about any variety of situations in life that we're walking through. And finally, I don't think we're godly enough like we have to admit that there is always someone a little bit further along on some part of the journey of faith who experience, whose experience and wisdom we can leverage for our own transformation in the world. We've created these environments here at Eden so that you can begin building a community that connects you with people who want to see you become all that God dreamed you can be, to help you grow spiritually a community of people that leaves you encouraged and not discouraged, and people who want to help develop wisdom in your life by applying God's word to their life. Over the years, we've witnessed how life transformation in these groups happens so much more effectively and efficiently than what happens even in this Sunday morning conversation. Really, this communication and what we do Sunday morning is really just a starting point for faith. But community that is where faith is fostered with people who are all trying to make sense of the struggles and the victories that they're experiencing. And in that place, you begin to talk about hard things and people start giving real answers to real problems. And sometimes you start feeling uncomfortable. But the tension of these relationships and coming face to face with, with, face with God's people, we see the beauty of the type of community that Jesus died for. These groups are not perfect, I promise you that, but they are so often powerful. And over the last 
several weeks, we've been showing you just a few stories of how people's lives have literally been changed because of their connection to others in this season. Because of them being connected to other people who are on the journey trying to figure out just like they are. And we heard Faith's amazing story this morning. And for the last 20 years of my life, I have been in some form of a small group trying to build a community in my life of people who encourage me, people who are wise, and people who will help me grow in my faith. And in so many areas, I have been challenged by this community. And I love it because I know when I step into a community of people who are on the journey, they're not some self-righteous person trying to put me down, but they are seeing me through the lens of Jesus. And they want for me what God wants for me. Now, I can't tell you what I've learned in each of those seasons of groups, but I know in every season I came out a slightly different person. And I know that there are some of you who are watching today that don't have this type of community in your life. And I want to encourage you to consider taking that really, really bold step and signing up for a group today. I know that it is scary and I know that it's hard, right? Like I'm going to jump online to talk to people that I've never met before about spiritual things or be a part of this group. Like what do we even expect? But I want to encourage you that as much as it seems like a risk, to trust the possibility of a greater reward, to take the step to get connected to people who are on the journey wanting to grow in their relationship with God. But also knowing that when you step into that community, they are also a group of people that want to build other people up along the way. We have an amazing group of leaders this upcoming semester for groups. We have the largest amount of groups that we've ever hosted before. And what I love about every leader in every group is that it is really the manifestation of a story that has happened internally. Because every person who is leading a group this semester, their life has been changed because someone else invested in them. And so for them to step into this position and this role in the church is not because it's like easy for them. It's not because they need something else on the schedule to do. It's because... They know that through this process, lives can be changed. And I want to encourage you to consider being a part of it. Consider today taking that bold step to start building a community in your life that is going to help you get closer to God. I know it's scary, but honestly, it is so much easier than it's ever been before, right? Like, I can give you some tips. If it's not working out, you can have uh, some computer malfunction that turns your screen off, okay? It can be that simple. But just sign up, see if it's for you, and see what God will do with, with your life if you committed a few hours each week to connect with other people who are on the journey with you. This is a good time also to consider taking inventory of who your influences are right now. Some of you may be in some like really unhealthy relationships. Some of you may have been allowing for certain voices to speak into your life that honestly have, have no business speaking into your marriage or into your future goals. Today is maybe the day to start inventorying. 
what voices are speaking into the direction of your life? Can you imagine a future of having a community of people who are for you and for your peace, for your connection to God? That is the community that God died for us to have. A community that grows your faith and builds you up. I know that there are so many of you that may be a part of the conversation today thinking, I have never even begun a relationship with God. And as much as I want a community with other people, I, I want to know what to do to connect with God. Well, the Bible tells us that it's actually a very straightforward process. It is that moment when we are willing to surrender our life to God. Now, that seems like a big step, but all you're saying in that process is that you realize that all that you've done up until this point is not going to get you where you want to go. It's not actually going to produce for you what you want to experience. And you are willing and ready to trust that maybe God has something more for you. If that's where you're at this morning, I want to encourage you to repeat a simple prayer after me in your heart, wherever you are. You can close your eyes and bow your head and repeat after me. And it's nothing about the words. It's all about whether or not the words reflect the desire of your heart to connect with God today. So let's pray. God, we thank you for continuing to love us when I didn't even know you were there. I know that I've made so many poor decisions in my life that have hurt me. But today, I want to let go of my past and I want to step into my new future. I want to begin a relationship with you by surrendering my life, by letting go of my ego, admitting that I was wrong, and trusting that you loved me enough to send your son to sacrifice his life on my behalf. Today I turn from my sins and I receive the gift of salvation. I receive the gift of new life in Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would give me the strength to follow you in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen.